This is the place where Black is the main character, where we dive into something new like the latest season of Them, The Scare, and the award-winning American fiction. Or add to the experience by buying or renting the biopic of a legend, Bob Marley, One Love. And add on channels like Paramount Plus and Stars to bask in nostalgia with Beverly Hills Cop and BMF. Explore Prime Video's culture-rated collection and enjoy old-school greats and new-school hits. Restrictions apply. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details. When you don't have a clear curriculum for your classroom, it is so overwhelming to try to put that together yourself. Spending hours on Pinterest and Google pulling worksheets and pulling pieces of curriculum together to make something that works for your classroom. That's why we created the Autism Helper Curriculum and now offer Curriculum Access. Curriculum Access gets you access to all levels and all subjects of the highly differentiated evidence-based Autism Helper Curriculum. You can have students working on letter identification and working on parts of speech at the same time in our easy-to-use curriculum. We currently have hundreds of teachers using Curriculum Access from all over the world with consistently rave reviews. I want you to join that group of teachers. Now is the time to ask your administrators for curriculum access. We have an email template ready to go so you can ask them to set up a demo. Your administrators can jump on a live call with our team members to see everything that's included in the Autism Helper curriculum access. Next year, let's reduce the overwhelm. Let's start the year out with a path and a plan and resources to meet all the diverse needs of your students. Let's make next year the year of curriculum access. Head over to the show notes to learn more. Hi, I'm Sasha Long, special ed teacher and board certified behavior analyst. Welcome to the Autism Helper Podcast. I'm here to explore different strategies to improve the lives of individuals with autism. Hey guys, I have already done a few Q&A episodes from questions that I get from teachers and parents and administrators, either in my email or my comments. I love these episodes because there's always a little bit of everything. The five questions that I'm going to answer today were actually all emailed into me specifically for podcast episodes. So if you have questions that you'd like me to answer on the podcast, shoot me an email with your question and they will likely get in the next round. So let's start with our first question. Our first question comes from Delia in Louisville. What are your best tips for new teachers? I'm going to keep this answer short and sweet because I have an entire podcast episode already dedicated to this answer. Head over to episode 35 where I talk about how to be the new teacher and also how to help the new teacher. In that episode, I share my top three most important things for being a new teacher. One, ask for help. Oh my gosh, this is something even as a veteran teacher, we don't always do enough. We think we have to have it all figured out and we don't. And especially as a new teacher, you have a lot of grace to ask all of those questions. So get get your answers now. The second is plan baby steps. It is very tempting to live on Pinterest, to go to other teachers' classrooms, to have these ridiculous expectations that you will never meet for what you want your first year to look like. 
And this could be your first year in a special ed room. If you're transferring from gen ed to special ed or from one grade level to another, sometimes it's basically like you're a first year teacher, even if you're not. So keep it simple. Take one step at a time, focus on one thing and do it well, instead of trying to do all the things halfway. And the last tip is observe first. This kind of ties the first two together. It's very tempting to want to jump in, to want to like fake it till you make it and show that like, I've got this, it's great. But there's some power in stepping back and watching, observing your students, observing your staff work with your students, observing other teachers. You can learn so much just by watching. Our next question comes from Tiffany in Hoboken. What are your must-haves for a brand new classroom? This ties right into tip number two for my suggestions for being a new teacher. Baby steps and keep it simple. You don't need to spend hundreds of dollars. You don't need to buy all of TPT because a lot of times you might buy all of it and it might sit on your computer or sit in a box. The first thing I think to do in a new classroom is to clean it out, to purge. It's very tempting to hold on to every single thing because you're worried you might need it. I know there's some teachers listening that probably somewhere in their closet in their classroom have a garbage bag filled with toilet paper rolls that are from 1993 because you think you might do a craft with it, craft with it one day. Throw that away. I know we haven't been in our classrooms in a long time at the point that you're listening to this. So when you eventually get back to your classroom, which I promise eventually we will, clean out that class, you know, throw stuff away that you don't think you're going to need or put it in bins that you think you'll throw away and, you know, do that. Does it bring me joy kind of thing? If it doesn't and you don't think you'll need it, get rid of it. Now, some must haves. If you are a brand new teacher or you're walking into a brand new classroom, I think the first thing that is going to bring you a lot of value is setting up independent work tasks, things that your kids can do without you. Now, these can be extremely simple. You can use things around the house, things that are recycled. If you follow me on Instagram over the past few months, you've seen some of the stuff I've been doing with my kids. I'm constantly like, you know, taking a Tupperware or a plastic jar and making work tasks with it. So start saving stuff like that. You don't have to spend a lot of money. I think that's a great spot to invest some time in prepping independent work tasks. If you can set that station up really well first, you're buying yourself time to do other things, right? So if your kids are working independently, then you can start setting up schedules and rotations and working with your staff and staff and setting up data sheets and all that other stuff. Now, some of the materials you might want, my one big recommendation is maybe getting a home laminator. This might seem like an insane luxury, but having your own laminator, whether it's something you keep at school or you bring to keep at your house or you bring back and forth can be so, so helpful. In the show notes, I will link a blog post on what laminator I have, where I get laminating sheets and Velcro and all that good stuff. Cause you'll find yourself using a lot of that prep materials, especially in your first year. Our next question comes from Hillary in Tuscaloosa. What are some tips to stay organized and manage your time so that you can still have time for yourself and stay sane? Oh my gosh, I would love some magic wand tips on the answer to this question. The ever elusive work-life balance. As you know, we're recording this, we've been home for a while. As you're listening to this, you've been home for a while. Schools have been closed. So during this season of life, that balance between work and home is harder than ever. 
I am by no means an expert at this. Some things that work well for me are having boundaries and rules. So maybe certain days that I don't check my work email or a certain time that I shut things off or a certain day that I don't bring classwork home. Having a lot of structure and schedules helps too. Scheduling in things you like to do, right? Sometimes those things get kind of pushed to the bottom of the totem pole really quickly because we have to do this, we have to do this, we have to do this, and suddenly there's no time left for ourselves. So schedule in time for your families, time for working out, time for being alone or watching your own shows. That's okay to schedule that in and prioritize that. Another thing that works really well for me is making to-do lists, right? No shocker there. But then making to-do lists and organizing them maybe by the day or the week that I want to accomplish things by. I've realized, and I still have to re-realize this sometimes, is that my to-do list will never, ever be finished. And I think that sometimes the type A people that are listening, we're always trying to complete that to-do list, but there's always new things being added. So even when we're accomplishing a lot, we might feel like we're failing or not doing enough. So instead of just having this ever running to-do list, having that to pulling things from that to-do list, saying, okay, on Tuesday, I want to accomplish these two things for my to-do list and that's it. So when those two things are done, if they're done early or you have extra time, you're off the hook. You don't have to go to the ever, you know, that list with 57 other things. Those are scheduled for other days. You now have a plan. And to me, that helps me stay sane. Because if I just keep trying to fill my time with all those to-do list things, it's never ending. And that's when the sanity becomes an issue. So looking at where you can add in those boundaries, the structure, things like that can be really helpful for maintaining that balance. Welcome to Prime Video's culture-rated collection. This is the place where Black is the main character, where we don't jump through hoops just to hear our voice and can fall in love with illuminating documentaries like Giannis, The Marvelous Journey. I'm just a hard worker that's trying to survive. Enjoy the animated series, The Second Best Hospital in the Galaxy. All doctors report immediately. Where we dive into something new like the latest season of Them, The Scare, and the award-winning American fiction. Welcome home, baby. Or add to the experience by buying or renting the biopic of a legend, Bob Marley, One Love. I want my music to unify people. And add on channels like Paramount Plus and Stars to bask in nostalgia with Beverly Hills Cop. This is the cleanest police car I've ever been in in my life. And BMF. You're about to take over the whole nation. Explore Prime Video's culture-rated collection and enjoy old school greats and new school hits. Prime Video. Find your happy place. Restrictions apply. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. 
Okay, Emily in Phoenix wants to know, what is your most recommended data collection system? Now, this may seem like a weird question to think about or even start to plan while you're not physically in the classroom. You're like, I don't know, I haven't had to deal with data in my classroom in a long time. Well, actually, I think this is a great opportunity while you're not in the classroom to reflect on what was and what wasn't working in your room. When you get back to your classroom, whenever that may be, you can really look at it as a blank slate. Yep, this is how I did data last year, but you can try something new. You don't have to do exactly what you were doing last year. That's kind of the beauty. And because we have this extra time now to think about and plan, we can be a little bit more strategic about setting up a data system instead of just like, oh, I'll just recopy these photo sheets, for, these data sheets from last year and just throw it in the same binder, even though I didn't really like it. It's okay. Spend some time thinking about this and writing this down even. What worked about my data system? Write that down on a piece of paper and then put a few bullets. What worked about it? And then write down what didn't work about it. Maybe you have like 50 bullet points there for that one. But start to reflect on what was going well and what wasn't. Now, of course, I don't have a perfect answer for this. What data collection system do I recommend? I have like the standard special ed answer because it depends. It depends on you as the teacher and your personality and your work preferences. It depends on your aides and how they work and their work preferences. And it depends on the needs of your students. So you have to look at a lot of different factors when figuring out what works and what doesn't. In general, when I approach a data system for a whole classroom, there's kind of two fields of thought. You can have a data collection system that's organized by student, meaning all of the data sheets for one student or all of the data for one student is in one spot. It's in one binder, one clipboard, one page, etc. Or it can be organized by center, meaning at every center or spot in your classroom where kids go and data is collected, there's a data sheet there. So when kids go to circle time, if you take data at circle time, there's a circle time data binder. And there's a page for Johnny and Anna and Claire. When you go to the Fluency Center, there's other data sheets there for Johnny and Anna and Claire. There's pros and cons to both systems. I've done both. I've done hybrids of the two. It depends on what you like. And you have to figure out what's working and what's not. And there's a really, really easy way to figure that out. If you are using your data sheets and you are taking data, that means it's working. And if you are not taking data, that means something about it is not working. And you gotta dig a little deeper to figure out why it's not working. So take this opportunity now to figure out why aspects of your data system didn't work, or if it did work, just stay with it, and start to plan what you will be doing next year for your data collection system. And our last question, it's a long one, from Lisa from Kansas City. How do you deal with parents who don't stand firm with consequences for the targeted negative behavior. For example, giving in and providing attention through eye contact and conversing for an attention-seeking tantrum. This is a really good question. I want to point you to episode number 12 of the podcast. It's one of my first ones. It's called, I Don't Negotiate Except That I Do. And it actually talks about me being that parent that doesn't follow through on a behavior plan. It is hard. 
it is really hard as a parent to follow your own advice. If you are a teacher or a BCBA and also a parent, you know this. And I had a big eye-opening moment when I started dealing with a lot of these things with my own kids, just typical kid behaviors, and saw how hard it was to follow what I knew I should do because of other things at play. I was tired. I had to make dinner. I was late for work. Sometimes, and a lot of times, more than I'd like to admit, I gave in. And I think these moments really made me a better clinician and a better consultant. Because now when I work with parents, I know what it's like on the other end. And I actually really don't know what it's like because I don't have a child with special needs. But just from parenting my own children, I have a taste of that. So when you're in these situations, whether you're a teacher or a clinician, and you're working with parents on behavior plans, recognize and realize how hard, 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 hard it is. And give them a lot of patience and give them a lot of opportunities and praise. And really recognize and and say that to them, that this is difficult and you cannot do this right 100% of the time. I think a lot of parent training and staff training that, that goes well comes from that behavior skills training model and taking the time to explain why these things work and re-explain and re-explain. And you're like, well, I explained functions of behavior. I did this. Explain it again and keep talking about why this is the best plan. Another episode that I want to point you towards is episode 61, so a recent one. In episode 61, I interviewed Dr. Megan Miller, and we talked about a comprehensive approach to decreasing challenging behaviors. And something that she said and talked about in this episode has really stayed with me. She talked about the importance of meeting a child where they're at and then shaping our expectations for what those short-term goals should look like. An example she gave was, you know, if a child is engaging in huge long tantrums to avoid or escape circle time, our expectation right away is not for them to sit in circle time for 30 minutes, right? That's not taking into account their baseline data and where they're at right now. So that might be something you want to reevaluate within your behavior plans, Where is the child at right now? And where is that parent at right now? Maybe the plan that you've given them is too much and it's just too hard and that's okay. So maybe you want to shift and have kind of that changing criterion model of, okay, yes, we're not looking for complete ignoring, but we're looking for, you know, this type of response right now, or we're We're trying to work on this only for a few minutes a day or kind of shifting what that looks like. And really meeting the parent with where they're at and where their child's needs are at that minute. I think if you can take that into account a little bit better, then sometimes we have expectations that are a little bit more reasonable for a parent within their very, very busy lives. So check out episode 12, check out episode 61, and reevaluate if you think that plan that the parent is being asked to implement is the right one. Because sometimes, and I've seen with my own behavior plans, that that's where the issue is that I just got to tweak this behavior plan. I have to have a little, you know, more patience and try to put myself in the parents' shoes and go from there. And then we can have a lot more success. You want to get mom and dad those quick wins, right? You want to give them a moment of success or something they feel like they did right. Because if it's repeated 
feelings of failure, 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 you better believe that is shaping mom and dad's behavior. It would shape anyone's, right? It's kind of that like, well, why do I even bother? This isn't working. So you want to set it up where mom and dad are successful and get that quick win. So they want to do it again and again and again. So I know the topics in this episode jumped around a little bit, but like I said, I kind of like that. I want to make sure that the topics that I'm discussing and that I'm bringing onto the podcast are things that are relevant to you and things that you're thinking about. So please do not hesitate to email me some questions. My email is Sasha at theautismhelper.com. I just have an ongoing list of questions that I get from people. Shoot me some questions. Yep, it's summer, but I think this is a great time to start planning and thinking about what our classrooms will look like next year. So if you have some lingering topics you'd like me to discuss, definitely send those over. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member? For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Did you know that two out of three teachers turn to Teachers Pay Teachers for educational resources? As a seller on TPT, this makes me so excited. I love seeing educators turn to other educators for support in their classrooms. There are so many great resources on Teachers Pay Teachers. And this could be made even better if we could involve school budgets in this process. Enter TPT for Schools. TPT for Schools makes it easy for administrators and teachers to collaborate when making curricular decisions. TPT helps you set up a way of using school funds for these resources. This is a new program and there's already over 5,000 schools registered. In the special ed world, this is even more important because we don't have that many resources and the resources that are provided for us might not be so appropriate for our class. To learn more about TPT for Schools, visit schools.teacherspayteachers.com. Thanks for listening to the Autism Helper podcast. If you liked what you heard and want to hear more, hit subscribe. It would mean a lot to me if you left some feedback. Whether I'm working one-on-one with a student, doing a podcast like this one, or presenting for a PD, my goal is always to provide as much value as I can. So your feedback really helps me make sure I'm doing just that. 
If you have other topics you'd like me to cover, leave in the feedback or message me on social media. You can follow me at The Autism Helper on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and Pinterest, or visit my website, theautismhelper.com. Thanks again for listening. This is the place where Black is the main character, where we dive into something new like the latest season of Them, The Scare, and the award-winning American fiction. Or add to the experience by buying or renting the biopic of a legend, Bob Marley, One Love. And add on channels like Paramount Plus and Stars to bask in nostalgia with Beverly Hills Cop and BMF. Explore Prime Video's culture-rated collection and enjoy old-school greats and new-school hits. Restrictions apply. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details. Having the right resources for your classroom is essential to making sure your classroom is running smoothly. At the Autism Helper Shop, we have all of the resources you need to make sure you have the behavior, communication, and curriculum supports for your students. Within our shop, we have adapted books, task cards, resources aligned to the VB map and the ABLES, behavior plan flowcharts, data sheets, curriculum. Everything you need, whether you are an early childhood teacher or a high school teacher, we have all of the resources that will meet those students' needs. So head over to shop.theautismhelper.com to check out all of our resources.